Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Uh, guys, today we are in the presence of, uh, of true greatness. Oh, Joining God, us so today cool. is Andrew, founding member of We Talk Clones, which is, you know, this podcast. Andrew, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I- I'm so excited to be able to talk about this episode in particular. It's what a way to cap. What a way yeah. to cap. Oh, yeah. And it's a great episode to have you back on, too. Uh, yeah, we, we had to bring you back, given that, you know, you and uh, and Austin kicked off We Talk Clones way back in 2008. Oh, uh, don't, don't say things like that. Feeling <laughs> old here, William. Come on. We're all we're all twelve years older, but uh, no, that was that was we we have a lot to to thank you for, Andrew, for for starting yeah, this and then handing it the reins over to us. I think it was what episode five, six, somewhere in there. Somewhere no, it was in two, the, yeah. Oh, two. Sure, I can't remember. Yeah, because well, you were you were hosting. It was uh, a spinoff of uh, the EU cast from EU Cantina yeah. at the time. Yeah, uh, now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, long time. Long time. Yeah, <laughs> but we're glad to have you back. How have you been? Good, good. I'm. I cannot believe. Speaking of, you know, twelve years ago, the difference between the an- animation we're looking at in these episodes. <gasps> oh yeah. Versus what we we did when I was hosting it. Right. Originally. It's crazy, insane. Yeah. It the, the cinematography is just increased ten plus fold is yeah. incredible it, it, it really is it, it really is it's 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 unbelievable leaps and bounds actually it, it's pretty interesting um in the last uh last week uh lucasum actually released a special behind the scenes featurette about the making of the duel between ahsoka and maul and how they like they brought ray yeah, park so in cool. mo capped it like if you haven't seen the video i highly recommend it mm-hmm. um it's it's really good it's actually been really nice to see lucasum put out a bunch of uh, some like behind the scenes videos uh, for the the end of the series. Just given how how big of a deal this is, yeah. I've seen motion capture used like that for video games, but I've never seen it used that like that and that effectively for an animated mm-hmm. project like that. I, I especially bringing back the original Maul and then getting a very talented uh, stunt actress to work for Ahsoka. Yeah. It's, and oh, I think yeah. I think she also worked in the Mandalorian. Uh, I think you may be right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I guess you know before we get into the the review of the episode itself, the announcement. Curious, Andrew, what are your th- overall thoughts on the on the arc and the the final season so far? So season seven for me has been up, middle, and then way up. <laughs> um, we knew what Bad Batch kind of was, so that wasn't none of it was like a extreme surprise for me but what we didn't know was that they were going to change a little bit so that was interesting and we didn't know how great it was going to look compared to you know the original reels we got for it 
And then the middle arc, I understand why it exists, and I don't have an issue with it. But I think that if if we didn't know it was a limited time with these episodes, we wouldn't have had such trouble stomaching it. But because we know it's four episodes that we could have used something else mm-hmm. on, it's probably mm-hmm. harder to deal with. But it it was overall, I understood what it did for Ahsoka, and it's important. But these episodes, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, these these episodes are really um, emotional. They are uh, thrilling as heck. I wanted to say the other word. And um, really driving home that this is it. I mean, they're at tomorrow's episode or whenever you hear this podcast. Um, will be the last of the Clone Wars because in a reality, the next show after this is going to be Rebels because it's over. The Clone Wars are over. The way they're supposed to be over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to believe it's it's all coming to an end. We're on the the penultimate episode of the of the yeah. entire series for, for real this time. Uh, the way they intended to end it. And and you're right, Andrew, it's it's this this arc in particular, the Siege of Mandalore, has just been nonstop perfection. Really, like I, I don't know if I would change anything about the arc. I, I think the best thing about it when we get into the episode, there's things that there's things I want to say that made the episode better by how they handled the episode the way they did, mm-hmm. and it couldn't have been done any other way. Yeah. Well, before we get too far, I know we've got a couple quick announcements, William, if you want to cover those. Yeah, so in, in addition to the behind-the-scenes featurette uh, that I, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, we also got a fantastic interview between George Lucas and Dave Filoni uh, about the Clone Wars. This was originally intended to be a, um, a, a, a Q&A, for, you know, private Q&A for just Lucasfilm, but it was so good that they ended up releasing it. I was trying to actually figure out um, whether this was, I'm not hundred percent sure whether this was recorded years ago or it's more current. Um, it is years ago. That's what it I thought. Cause they had just mentioned, yeah. like they mentioned in the video, like, you know, the, you just saw landing at point rain. So I'm guessing it's when that episode aired for season two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, was- I, I thought I saw a mention of, uh, a later episode as well. So it's I'm possible they went back and rewatched some or something. Yeah. But I, I do I'm think it's an older one. one up. Um, I don't think George Lucas came back just to talk about these episodes. But uh, that being said, like George and Dave together are is always incredible to listen to. Mm. Uh, and so I highly recommend going in and checking that out. It was, just as a quick tidbit, I think it was from the same interview, or at least it came out around the same time. Um, they talked about their favorite episodes mm-hmm. uh, of the Clone Wars. And I thought it was super fascinating for Dave talked about landing a point rain is an example of trying to, not necessarily push the boundaries, but like that he talked about how the first cut felt really dry and they took a lot of inspiration from like real life war footage and films in order to kind of like really nail it. And that to him was kind of the culmination of it. And then I guess Lucas's favorite was, uh, uh, was it Enter the Void? Uh, Is yeah, that the yeah, name yeah. of the episode? It, uh, Sunny Day in the Void. Sunny Day in the Void. Sunny Day oh, in the that Void. one. Yeah. yeah and, just, he, and he talked about it as um just he really like he kept pushing Filoni and crew to do things that were more than just star wars and he mm-hmm. couldn't find a better example of that than the episode about droids having an existential crisis in the middle of a, a desert <laughs> and i just wow we've always known that lucas was 
not ex- I wouldn't say necessarily it was experimental, but he always appreciated the things that were, I guess I'd say non-mainstream if that's not mm-hmm. too hipstery and like that is certainly an episode that fits that description. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's highly a, worth reading through it. Definitely. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. Um in uh, and in another news, uh, the Rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney Plus tomorrow on May the fourth, Star Wars Day. And there's some you know um, debate about whether it's officially Star Wars Day or May twenty fifth, Star Wars Day. I like May the fourth, but you know th- they could both be Star Wars Day, right? But the big news actually is that the Rise of Skywalker is coming early. I'm actually surprised. I was not expecting Rise of Skywalker until sometime this summer. So uh, it's nice that they're releasing it on Star Wars Day. Along. Yeah, Side a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like this year we're getting not just the Rise of Skywalker and the the Clone Wars series finale, but also a new uh, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian, uh, the new docu series about the making of the Mandalorian. Um, like we're getting a ton of stuff tomorrow on Star Wars Day. Normally it's not that big of a deal. We always want it to be a big deal, but it never really has been. But this year we're getting a whole bunch of stuff coming, which is really really cool to see. I, um, I, I think the main reason is because everybody right now is at probably home because there's a lot of stuff that's going on sale online too tomorrow as well. So I can imagine it's it's going to be a big thing tomorrow because now you're going to see now you're going to be able to watch all nine episodes of Star Wars. And if you want to go even more into it, throw in Rogue One, throw in Solo. And then if you want to go even more into it, throw in the Clone Wars. Yep. And Rebels. And Disney. Well, and and like and now there's also the docuseries that starts next That's true. T- tomorrow. Mandalorian. Yeah, and we're gonna actually going to get two episodes of it this this week. So we get uh, episode one, uh, which talks about <clears throat> the directors um, uh, tomorrow on on, uh, on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. And then after that, we have uh, another episode that talks about the legacy of Star Wars on Friday. And then every Friday after that. So it's another great reason to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Brilliant on Disney's part. Uh, cool. to, to have like the Mandalorian and then a short break and then Clone Wars and then Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian docuseries uh, just to keep those subscriptions going. We had the opportunity to watch the first couple episodes of the, of the docuseries. And I have to say it's, it's really good. It's, it's on the level of like the, some of the best special features you'll find in, uh, in the, the Star Wars movies uh, on like the box sets. Um, you know, it's, it's about, it sounds like it'll be roughly by my estimation about four hours long total, which is pretty significant for a, a documentary about the making of Star Wars. Most of the, like the ones about the Star Wars movies are only about two hours long and, uh, it's really great. Lots of behind the scenes footage interviews and really fascinating stories. So highly recommend it. Definitely check it out when the series starts tomorrow. Um, and with that, shall we, uh, yeah, shall we shall we yeah, get emotional I'm, all I'm over again? Get, okay, you know what? We have to be ready for this because this was a. <clears throat> anyway, we are going to be talking about tonight the Clone Wars season seven episode eleven, Shattered, directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Dave Filoni. This episode, after capturing Maul on Mandalore, Ahsoka's journey to the Jedi Council is disrupted when Order sixty six is declared, turning her world upside down. And as per the previous episodes, there were absolutely no fortune cookies. Yeah. I think those are probably, probably done, but like mm-hmm. the, the atmosphere in this episode is, is unrivaled. Like the first it, half of the episode or 10 minutes or so is like pure, 
pure tension. And, and like, that's and that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. I think I'm I'm going to reference the 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 Batman animated series when they had an episode in which he was chasing after I think Killer, uh, um, Killer Croc. There was no dialogue at all. It was basically just sound effects and music. This reminded me of the same thing because you didn't need to have a lot of dialogue. You didn't need to have a lot of action. But how they pulled it off with, as you as you mentioned, William, the music building the tension for the first 10 minutes was brilliant because if they threw in any more dialogue, if they threw in anything different, it would not have worked. Mm-hmm. I just, this is like, if you think about like when you watch a movie like alien where the alien has very little screen time, um, all things considered, but you like its presence is felt every moment of the, the movie. That is what the first half of this episode plays out. Like, like especially like they did they instead of trying to make it a surprise in the same way that like uh episode three makes it a surprise clone wars assumes dave filoni assumes you know what is coming here <laughs> mm-hmm. and they twist that knife constantly oh. yep I, I just have just, to imagine dave filoni sitting there just like you know uh doing an evil laugh as he's writing the writing the episodes <laughs> just planning his how to like twist that knife in more and oh, more. wait, I got an idea. How about one of the clones in the background will say, hey, have you heard the new orders yet? <laughs> yes, nail it. You know what I found really striking about the first 10 minutes beyond the music? Mm-hmm. The lighting. Mm-hmm. The lighting yeah. on the ship, especially the bridge, was really well done. And then the faces of both Ahsoka and Rex, they, you, they wore everything they said on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. It was... Mm-hmm some of the best acting we've gotten from both D and Ashley ever. Mm-hmm. And it, it boggles the mind that they can still bring that out because they must truly love their characters if they can do that. And I also thought another good thing, it was Bo-Katan. I loved it when Ahsoka sat there and made the comment when Maul is going by in that that Jedi, let's say Jedi coffin or Jedi whatever it was, mm-hmm. the outlaw and, device. Okay, thank you. And <laughs> and but w- whatever it was, it was how Bo-Katan sat there and said, you know, well, it was first Ahsoka sat there and said, you know, relic of bygone whatever, or it was first saying Bo-Katan saying relic of a bygone age, and she's like, well, that ends up being the last one. But she sat there, and, and it's how she sat there and kind of turned to Ahsoka and said. You know, um, it was it was to the extent after all that was done, there was like camaraderie between the two when they shook their hands. But she said something where it's like almost like a nudge to the shoulder, just like, you know, we had these forever. There was a crazy Jedi or something. I can't remember the exact words, but just the, the look on her face, the acting by by Katie Sackhoff, um, just that whole little moment between the two to wrap up the whole Caesar Mandalore was brilliant. Yeah, uh, you know, let, let's let's actually talk about that um, a bit more. So, you know, the you know we we talked about the episode opens with like Kevin Con- Kevin Kevin Kiner's haunting version of the the clone theme, you know, na 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 na, and in the first couple minutes they pretty much wrap up the entire Mandalore plot. Uh, pardon the the, the pun. Um, and in the opening moments, I, I think it's probably done. Like, I think that's the last of, we'll see of, of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Unless yeah. we, I will say we, I could see 
a final shot of you know the clones taking over or subjugating the planet or something like that. Not a only it would something be it'd be a very fast scene. I think um, probably as part of a montage showing how the galaxy is changing. Um, and Gar Saxon probably taking his place as the now uh, uh, governor of the planet. Potentially, I yeah, I could see it being I see it. as just kind of a closing moment of hey, here are lots of the planets we've seen, and here's the the impact as the Clone Wars, both the series and the war ends. And eventual uh, connection to Rebels. And, yeah, and as a way of tying into Rebels, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this scene was super cool, if only because it makes me really want to, like, why did the Mandalorians have this? Like, we know, obviously, that the Mandalorians and Jedi have had some run-ins in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it, I don't know, it just, it to me, it hints at something that I, that seems super cool, and I really hope we get to see more of someday. Maul's, um, Maul's uh, prison, basically. The, 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 the prison, cage. and just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. tying into, you know, what what happened between the Mandalorians and the Jedi that has cr- made something like this a necessity. Yeah. Um, and sorry, this is my random thought now for the moment, or for the hour, but uh, I wonder if that's something we could see in the High Republic era, potentially. That could be cool. It, it did remind me a lot of the um of like the old eu where the jedi and the mandalorians constantly fought uh, mm-hmm. and i and i just love the design of the, the of the cage right where, oh that was so cool like it's like this it almost looks like a carbonite slab but with like the whole of a hole for for maul's eyes to be able to look through and really get that emotion in, from maul and then like the artwork of the mandalorians fighting i think maybe were the jedi on there like absolutely incredible and then like this very subtle vader like breathing sound um so cool and not just that you also got to see when it was his point of view inside this thing that the, the the breath on the glass yeah so it was i mean just the care they put into making that thing was just outstanding yeah and, and i i really liked how you know we got a reference to multiple references to Satine in this episode, you know, she she may have died back in in season five, but her her legacy still lives on. With well, one Bogotan saying talking about how like her sister outlawed it, and she's like, yeah, they did, <laughs> and, and that was about it. It was very uh, kind of a, a cool state comment from her. Um, talking about how it's the last one, but also earlier when she's talking with Ahsoka before they wheel Maul out, and uh, and they're talking about like what kind of leader Mandalore needs. And Ahsoka is talking about how Mandalore probably needs a new leader. Uh, but Satine was kind of a new leader for Mandalore and it didn't really work out. bo doesn't really, she wants to be something be- better at something than just war, but she doesn't really know what else to do. She didn't really understand Satine's rationale and it didn't really seem to work. It's very interesting. Yeah, I... I mean, obviously, we know where Mandalore goes from here, but it just, it's something, like, again, we talked about this, I think, last week, too. Like, we were very uh, nervous is probably the word when we kind of first saw Mandalore in the Clone Wars, but I, I do really appreciate how they've managed to craft this, I don't know, changing narrative of, hey, this Mandalore has been many things, and the people have changed, and they've tried different versions of their culture and so on and it's i don't know it's cool to see that development throughout the lifetime of the show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it it really is and mandalore has become such a huge presence i mean just think about it before 
Mandalore is big, big in the EU, but really Clone Wars is what brought it into the forefront of the, you know, the, the main canon. And now we've got the Mandalorian series. It's like big Mandalore. Mandalore is huge in rebels and obviously Clone Wars. And it's kind of everywhere now. It's really cool. And it's even in the outside groups too. I mean, you have the the Mando Mercs. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, as you know, my handle is Cal Scarada. It, going all the way back even to Legends, and you had um, Karen Travis write up all the stuff about the clones. And you can see why, because also Mandalorian is part of the clones. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it was really cool to see, like, as they're wheeling them all out, the Mandalor- the Mandalorians on one side, and the Night Owls and, the, and uh, Rex's clones on the other side. Uh kind of standing guard as as they wheeled Maul out in this like high security cage. Yeah. Really cool. And, and like he deserves it given how much trouble he's caused. Well yeah. Obi-Wan warned her, you yep. know, he's hard to kill and the Jedi Council wanted him, you know, alive. So hey. Do you, do you think Obi-Wan actually so Ahsoka actually talks about that. She she mentions that uh, she says like when when Bo-Katan says like oh you you actually captured Maul alive she's like that's what the council wanted. Uh, she, it almost got the sense of maybe she was like maybe you didn't want to or maybe you're she's salty. It. Yeah, she is. No, she yeah. is. Yeah, and she, she has is. good reason. Yeah, it's good. I, so I will say the next they board the ship. The ship jumps into hyperspace, uh, oh, and God. Rex and Ahsoka go to brief the council. And what may be one of my favorite scenes <laughs> in the entire episode, which is, I mean, the entire episode is full of good scenes, but I, we get to actually see the meeting from revenge of the Sith, <sighs> where the Jedi are talking about the end of the war. Beautifully mm-hmm. timed too. like, yes. it makes a hundred, it makes a, so much sense. And there's nothing that ruins either the Clone Wars or Revenge of the Sith. Either way, you can watch them alone. Mm-hmm. You can watch them together, and not you take away nothing from either experience. It's totally it's agree. Beautifully crafted how they were able to time that because a, a long time ago, Dave mentioned that that's how he wanted the Clone Wars to end with it intersecting with Revenge of the Sith. For a lot of us, we thought that meant the Battle of Coruscant because that's where our previous Clone Wars ended. But having it go right into it and then seeing the effects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is just so much so much better because it it helps every fan even if you're a fan of just this show yeah. even if you're a fan of the movies you can now appreciate both of those things even more and it doesn't affect revenge of the sith in any way no because yeah and and that's that's it, the beauty of it because you know some things that you've read about this it's like you know why didn't ahsoka sit there and tell you know Yoda about what Darth Maul said and it was like why didn't this happen why this happened it's like you know what if that would have happened then it would have affected Sith in a way and this way it didn't and it worked right it wasn't the thing to where like you know it, it, it just how it was crafted worked on so many levels what I what I loved about it is that like you know we obviously know the scene from Revenge of the Sith right where you know, for those of who maybe I, I would hope you've watched the episode and you know Revenge of the Sith, so you probably already know this already. But you know, or, or Mace Windu uh, sends Anakin off to go talk to the Chancellor and and see you know if he'll basically give up his emergency powers now that Obi Wan's going after Grievous and the end of the war is is near, right? Uh, 
And then they, you know, he leaves and they keep talking. And Mace is like, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi, all that great stuff. Um, and then the scene ends and we go to see Anakin in Palpatine's office. What we don't see and we actually get in the Clone Wars is as soon as they cut, like, uh, you know, it, it's almost like this Venn diagram where um, we see the middle, ha- the middle third uh, in both Revenge of the Sith and in the Clone Wars. In Revenge of the Sith, we see the part with Anakin. He leaves, and as soon as he leaves, Anakin, uh, uh, we, uh, the the Clone Wars like cuts to the scene. We see the exact same dialogue with the exact same camera angles, no less. I actually mm-hmm. watched them both side by side earlier today, and like they kept the exact same camera angles. The voice acting is incredible. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, T.C. Carson and Tom Kane played Mace Windu and Yoda in still in in this uh, in this version, but they're spot on. Like the differences between their the lines in the film and what they say in the Clone Wars are so subtle. Uh, and Keanu wow. Mundi, like what they still kept um, the uh, actor. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Silas Carson. Uh, uh, Silas Carson. Thank you. Um, but like it's word for word, like the inflection, everything is so perfect. You you can barely even tell. And it really does blend the two. I and love it because it. you can tell even in Revenge of the Sith that there were things going on before and after mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. section. Because when it when you cut to that scene, Mace is already in that area. He's already been talking. It makes so much sense. It, it was set up for something like that, probably because, you know, it, it's a war, so you figure they are all talking. Mm-hmm. That was just to give you tone and atmosphere, but mm-hmm. the taking advantage of that was really, really smart. Yeah. It, it's actually, it's a pretty big conference call for them, you know? They're like, yeah, uh, Obi-Wan's <laughs> after General Grievous, uh, Anakin, you go after Palpatine, you know, if Palpatine doesn't step down, we might have to arrest him. Uh, oh, and uh, Ahsoka, you got Maul. Okay, great. Like, cause they, were, they were getting all yeah. sorts of stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, my favorite part of it by far, though, is when as the uh, the meeting comes to an end, there's this moment where, you know, um, Ahsoka says that she did her do her her job as a civilian, not as a Jedi, mm-hmm. um, which seems yeah. to make Yoda kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mace a little mad. And then, yeah. And then when Ahsoka starts kind of inquiring about what's going on with Palpatine, Mace Windu is like that's all citizen and just mic drops leaves the meeting just done I, no I, 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 I so just want to sit there i can't say the word but i'm like god mace windu is such a at that moment the thing about mace is that he's really just supposed to be the jedi of that era in one character mm-hmm. he's supposed to be like their arrogance mm-hmm. their everything that they're doing wrong in one character and it makes you dislike him, but it also makes Ahsoka's feelings towards everything not so, like, out yep. of the blue and rash. Mm-hmm. You yep. understand them. Yeah. And he's not actually wrong either, given that she gave him uh, a bunch of lip before yep. about about it. So, I, I mean, it was a jerk thing to say, and especially how he said it makes oh, yeah. a jerk. But... His character is supposed to be that jerk because you're supposed to be like, well, the Jedi haven't been Ahsoka level Jedi in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he like, is... go ahead, William. I don't, I don't really yeah, get the Mace Windu hate. To be totally honest, um, I get it. Like, he was being a little, uh, he was kind of being very strict with Ahsoka. Like, 
you know, you're not a, you say you're not a Jedi, so we won't reveal, you know, information to you. And yeah. uh, which he has a point. He has yeah, a point no, in that he, case. He's yeah. 100% correct. Yeah. He, yeah. like, he, Mace Windu, in my mind, he is, he is very much a rule follower to a fault at times. Yeah. Um, but like, he is very by the book. And, you know, this is what, you know, this is what it is. And, you know, we'll welcome you back, but you're not a Jedi. Um, you said you're not a Jedi. So sorry. This is like Jedi business. You got to leave. You know, he's he's Obi-Wan without a heart because he takes things very personally. And as as even in like the episodes where Ahsoka is um, being tried Mm -hmm. in season five, he is very like governmental, very Mm -hmm. by the book, which is, again, a showing of his character trying to show what the Jedi of that era were. But it's. I, it's hard to dislike him because he's not technically doing anything wrong. He's just lacking the compassion you're expecting to see from a Jedi. And to a certain extent, I'm going to kind of move this over toward Maul because Maul, it, you're sitting there looking at, at Mace Windu going, okay, he's by the book. And there's a certain point in which you don't want to hate Maul because remember last episode, he was telling the truth the whole time. Yep, and it's kind of like the same thing here when you get with Mace Windu when it comes to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. He was kind of telling the truth the whole time. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like it's it, it's they're 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 one and the same. I don't hate Mace, but he was just a jerk in this episode, and you can see basically to a certain extent at this point how it ended up becoming his downfall going into Sith. I I will say I really like the. The counter, the what's, I'm blanking on the word, like the counter example, I guess, that's provided by Yoda. Mm-hmm. May says, you know, sorry, citizen, see you later, and leaves. And then Yoda calls her a Padawan as he disappears, presumably from the series. I mean, there's one more episode, so I doubt we'll see Yoda right. again. Um, and it's the, the difference between the two where Mace is, you know, the rule follower, dogma, just very... Uh, strict, I guess, is the word. And Yoda kind of recognizing that, hey, even if Ahsoka is not still a Jedi, technically, she will always be a Padawan. Mm-hmm. You know, that's he, that's still a, a something she's done and done well. Right. He was able to see it on her face too, and empathize with her, which is something Mace probably would never be able to do. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I don't and, think he has a bone in his body for that. And he, he, I also liked how Yoda even tries to. You know, he even offers to pass along a message to Anakin on, on her behalf. Um, and, and I almost wonder, like, had had she taken the opportunity to call him in the last episode? Had she passed a message along? Had she told them, you know, about uh, about Maul's vision about Anakin? You know, would would things have changed? I don't know. P- probably not. But, that, but it is probably interesting. not. But but you see, that's the thing. If that were to have happened, then there had to have been some kind of repercussion going into Sith. And then, but Sith was done so many years ago compared to this. So do you really want to go back and try and insert something into Sith and try and retcon again? I don't think it's or, necessarily about an insert. I think it's more of, uh, like, I, I should say, I don't think we should look at Clone Wars is trying to undo or change what happened to Revenge of the Sith. I don't think I that was ever. No, I, I, and I totally agree. I don't. I don't think that was that was I, that was any point of the, this episode at all. Yeah. So I, instead, what I look at it as is these are choices Ahsoka made that 
she now gets to live with mm-hmm. and we see kind of the end of it in rebels especially the kind of like i won't leave you this time those types of lines because this is the like this is very much ahsoka at this moment of time she's like well no you look you don't need to pass a message to anakin i'll talk to him in like <laughs> 24 hours when i get to coruscant i don't need to talk to him now i don't need to bother him it's okay like it's very much those moments of like oh Everyone thinks they've got plenty of time in the world mm-hmm. until they don't. Right. Of course, she's and trying those... to be on her own. Mm-hmm. That's her whole thing from being kicked out from the Jedi. She doesn't. I don't think she wants to need them anymore, and she's trying to show that she can be her own person. So it it makes sense with where they put her. Like Stephen was saying, it makes sense given what she's been through right. and why she's reacting that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I also liked how, you know, again, we're getting to the end of the Clone Wars and both the war and the series. And this show is a ensemble cast, you know, and with a lot of people involved. And um, it's, they, they won't be able to resolve all of the plot threats. And honestly, a lot of the plot threats, as Dave Filoni has said, belong in other mediums, like, the the fate of Dooku, General Grievous, Anakin, Obi Wan, Padme, those are not this series' story to tell. And if you look at it as just a viewer of the Clone Wars, that's kind of weird because you're introduced to and all these major characters and you never find out what happens to them. And you know, in fact, like you know, I would say as of up to this part in the in the in the arc uh, in the Siege of Mandalore. They've been, you know, mostly minor-ish characters, right? Anakin and Obi-Wan both had brief scenes, and they kind of, uh, and they were great, but they they left briefly. Um, and and Grievous and Dooku are not in there at all, and they're the big villains, right? Um, but it's not the story to tell, and so I did appreciate how, for for people who are just watching the series through, they're still at least trying to uh, help give you viewers the sense that it's that it's ending with like. You know, Ahsoka learning that Obi Wan is going after Grievous. That's when she realized, oh, the war could be, uh, could be over soon. It's a nice kind of subtle way of saying there's other stuff happening. We may not show you. It's not in this. It's not the story to tell. But it, it thing big things are happening in other parts of the galaxy. Yeah, it's all said. Dooku's death is mentioned, mm-hmm. and it makes sense in the uh, context of the conversation. Um, all the big threads are met. The, one of the things I wanted to note about this episode was that it makes sense to watch it alone and with Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. because you, it's a standalone product. You don't need yes. one or the other. You can because of what they do later in the episode, and we'll get to that. You you can watch the Clone Wars series and then follow up with, oh, so that's what's happening with Anakin mm-hmm. who left the two previous episodes and obi-wan mm-hmm. and i think that makes a lot of sense given that we have a clone wars generation who knows revenge of the sith and attack of the clones but these are their characters mm-hmm. these are their versions of them so seeing how they go through it makes it, it's it's theirs and it's important to them so i yeah. think that was beautifully done because you can do you can have it either way and it doesn't affect either of the products yeah perfectly said perfectly great said. writing yeah <laughs> it's just this this episode is is so good and like throughout the entire beginning of the episode there's definitely this underlying tension with the way they kevin kiner's fantastic music 
and the way everything's shot, it's very slow. Like sometimes I, I know in the past we, we criticized Clone Wars for maybe going a little too fast at times, especially early on, just because they had to they had to keep things going so that they could move the story along. They only had 22 minutes. Um, now, like with this episode in particular, I really do feel like they took the time to kind of let us just experience the emotion, just sit there and the dread, the dread, yeah. the, 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 you know, all the build really build that tension, uh, anticipation. Cause we all know what's about to happen and our characters don't, you know, they're just like sitting in a, uh, on a ship on their way to Coruscant, right? And, uh, but we really start to feel that that dread, and and then as we we're talking about, you know, Dave Filoni starts to to twist that knife around with like Ahsoka and Rex taking the time to reflect back on on you know how the Jedi and the clones feel about the war. Mm. Well, it it's also she's walking on the flight deck, and she's got those clones as she's walking, sitting there saluting her. And it's like, you know that this is building up to a very, very tragic moment. But she has the respect of all these clones. And then she's sitting there, ship jumps to hyperspace. And the conversation of between her and Rex, and she basically sums it up. She's like, you know what? The Jedi really are not soldiers. But since I have been a Padawan, that's all I have been. And we were never meant to be. And now she's sitting here in a moment to where she realized when she left the Jedi Order... I think it's for her. It's like reflecting on now that this is over, she gets to shape on who she can be at this point, what the Jedi mean, because even she's, she sat there. And when Yoda mentioned Padawan, it's like, she's not a Jedi. And I think she said under her breath yet. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of yeah. shaping herself at this point of what an actual Jedi means. And then Rex gets called away because there was a, you know, briefing and she looks at him and goes, why don't you go? It's probably more good news about Jennifer Jennifer (laughs) Grievous. More good news. Well, I mean, but it's it's at the moment. Everybody, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Or when she She says a smile on her face, she's like, encourage, go. It's going to it's going to be good news. Just film me when you get back. Or when she says, like, the Republic couldn't have asked for a bet for better soldiers. No, nor I a better friend. (laughs) God, that is just. I mean, you want to talk about a moment where you just want to start bawling your eyes, even for an old fart like me. You just want to bawl your eyes about this, just going, you don't know yet, do you? Yeah. Uh, The entire episode is Dave Filoni sticking the knife in, twisting it. And just when you're like, wow, he's really twisted that knife a lot. Then he takes the other knife and stabs you in the back again. And (laughs) twists that one. And it just, and it, Yeah. Yeah, and, and at this point, like we know, we know it's it's, it's got to be happening any minute, right? Because we we knew that Order sixty six was going to be in this episode. It was called Shattered, um, you know, and like the description very much hinted at it, um, you know. And then like Rex walks away to, to to go get the briefing, and we just get that very long shot of Ahsoka staring out into hyperspace. This almost like eerie light, you know, with the 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 haunting music. Um, and like it the dread just starts to set in and then the camera cuts to maul and his eyes fly open and then all of a sudden we hear the the scene from revenge of the sith with you know you must choose don't listen to him Anakin, huh? you know and like i don't know about you guys but like all the hairs on my arm just started like the back of my neck started like standing up it was like it's happening yeah yeah it's <sighs> it's bad it's well and like you could hear a pin drop 
you know, uh, like yeah. the music stops all of a sudden at this point. Um, the music completely stops. And all we hear is this this mix of, of voices. And it was really cool to hear Hayden Christensen and, and Matt Lanter. And actually. Matt Lanter. That was extremely cool. And yeah. if you weren't paying attention, you probably wouldn't have no- noticed a difference. But it was cool to have them both and uh, have Hayden in the credits. Yeah. That well, was- it shows how good Matt Lanter is at at voicing Anakin. And in many ways, he is Anakin at this point. Like, even more right. so than Hayden. He's voiced way more Anakin. I'm going to have to go back and watch the episode again because... I didn't catch that lantern in it at all. He's in it. I think mm. one or two lines, but he's he is definitely in it. Yep. I think wow. as I was, I was listening closely, I think he says, "What have I done?" Which Anakin does say in Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge I of the think Sith, what have I done is said twice, and one is Matt and one is Hayden. Oh, I may miss that because yeah, because I know in Revenge of the Sith, it's more like, "What have I done?" You know, it's more like that, and uh, it's a slightly different um, inflection in right. in the show. But, but yeah, it, it's so cool to hear, hear all of them. Um, and, and then, you know, we know what's, we know what's happening. Like, and Ahsoka's like, she's, she's, you know, she's got her head in her hands. She's feeling something big happening and the camera cuts and all we see is we see Rex saying, you know, we hear order, execute order 66 and he says, yes, Lord Sidious. And I don't uh, know where, like, it hurts. Uh, uh no, no 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 what hurt more was when the door opened behind him uh-huh. and then ahsoka comes running in like something's wrong something's wrong and then you just see him with his helmet in hand shake and then it drops and then the clones behind ahsoka slowly turn that's when you're sitting there just like oh god and he says her confusion and fear was palpable oh oh yeah yeah. like oh yeah you like i'm still getting chills talking about it again like you could tell ahsoka had she was so confused she she just thought something happened horrible happened to her best friend right and then she runs to her her other very close friend her other best friend really uh to to go let him know what happened and all of a sudden the clones point their guns at her and Rex just turns around and says, no, I'll do it. And I'm just like, oh, uh, my gosh, he's actually going to do it. Like, we all thought, oh, no, no, he'd resist. He's going to resist. You know, like, we know from Rebels, he doesn't he doesn't do it. But the Rebels him, gave the impression that he he didn't do it. And that's the beautiful thing right. about Dave. Yeah. We, he always does this. We know <laughs> the, like, general idea of what has to happen. Yep. But you don't need. He never lets you in on the actual details until you're watching the episode, and then he he never plays it by the book ever. And he does something like actually having Rex still have the chip in him for the Order sixty six because mm-hmm. the way it was played in Rebels, it made it seem like you know he was there, it happened, but he was safe from it. I mean, didn't he of, say he said I never betrayed the Jedi, right? Uh, and maybe in his eyes he didn't right because you know it wasn't his choice true it's fascinating because you know we we know and we'll talk about this more in a moment but like we know from fives that rex had discovered the chip and at the time and this was you know way back in was it season three season two um we know what it's for Mm -hmm. 
But it's very easy to forget that Rex never knew what it was for. And so, like, mm-hmm. it, in my brain, the way this all worked is, oh, Rex got the chip taken care of a while ago. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that, and I, like, I always expected if you'd asked me, you know, before season seven started, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a reminder that Rex has the chip out or a, a recap of it before Order 66 happens. Right. As preparation. And it was kind of as this is starting, like, oh, they never told us that Rex got his chip out, which means <laughs> it's probably still there, which mm-hmm. means, and then Rex is, at that point, Rex is turning and saying, I'll do it. And you're like, oh, this, nope. They're, okay. We're going there. Okay. Okay. And, and the best thing about it, though, before he even took a shot, he did sit there and kind of incoherently, but still got it out there, find fives. He fought it. He did. Yeah, he He's fought it. You really can tell he fought it. Like, like, I love the detail of even if you look closely, you can see tears streaming down his face as he's like struggling not to lift the blasters and he's mm. like saying find him find him fives find him find him and also his like, eyes were going like wacky because that's it's like yeah it's like he was fighting the programming right and you, you could tell like fighting of, the programming all the other clones didn't do it right they they immediately turned on the jedi and killed him like cody Heartless, just went right <laughs> after obi-wan right <laughs> yeah. well and that's the thing though is even rex like he resists for what two seconds as yeah. it's happening yeah. like but he but he tried and and in seeing that was, was made it all the more emotional because he didn't want to go after soka you, you could tell right he was desperately trying not to and he couldn't and then he eventually succumbs and just goes out in full force and that is where it's like it's heartbreaking because we saw we saw the clones going after ahsoka once before uh, at the end of season five, when we thought it was the you know the original series finale, but at that point she was framed. We knew they weren't really going to kill her. They were just going to capture. Her. Everything would probably be fine. We hope. This time, like the clones are, they're they're basically stormtroopers at this point, right? right. They 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 have orders to kill. They can't resist, and it's going to happen. Um, and and that makes it all the more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you know Ahsoka tries like not to kill them. She right. tries so hard as she smacks she so hard. his head instead of uh, actively hitting him on the table. Mm-hmm. She blocks the blast not back at them but around them, which was a really really cool scene. The, that was so so beautiful. Swinging oh, yeah. around, it was so <sighs> beautiful. The lighting, the mm-hmm. everything, the in that smoke, scene. and then as Anakin's yeah. dark deeds. The music finally kicks in for the first oh, time the in a couple minutes. Is, right. And, and the best thing about it is because of all that lightsaber, the, the battling, the deflecting, and the smoke, and all that, you literally didn't, you didn't know, you got a feeling because after a while, when you watch it like the third or fourth times, I think I've seen it five, you could tell that she was deflecting the bolts up, mm-hmm. but the clones didn't. Re- the, the clones never saw that. The clones, as soon as the smoke, as soon as it got, as soon as it got really bad in there, and the lightsaber stopped, you did hear one of them call out saying she's down. Mm-hmm. They thought they had her. Until I think Rex is the one that looked up first and noticed there was a hole in the ceiling. Oh, no, I'm sorry. One of the other clones came in and he pointed a blaster up. It was one of the shock trooper clones coming in from the left. Came in and looked up. So well done. Yeah. Do do you think like, okay, so question for you. On a repeat viewing, it looked like if you look through that hole, it looked like hyperspace. Did she cut a hole in the the outside of the ship? No. No. Because that would have made any I sense. I thought it was like conduits and, yeah. you know. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was kind. Con- it's basically she pulled an Ezra. She was able to find a vent, and she's in the venting system. <laughs> ventilation always system. in the ventilation shaft. I know, always in the ventilation shaft. Oh, the, in Star Wars, they have to learn to make ventilation shafts that don't fit a a a, a, a you know a, a person. You don't understand. Make them the size ventilation of mouse droids. You've got to yeah, you got to fit mouse droids. You've got to fit astromechs. You got to yep. let like. You know, there's occasionally people who come in and need to go and do maintenance. Like, oh, we got to, one of the fans is out. We got to fix that now. Like, you just, Somebody's you gotta go in there and do it. Do. Yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, and then, yeah. and then the other, the other thing about it, it's like, after that happens, it is just so heartbreaking to hear Rex give the flat out command, you know, pull, pull together search party, find her, any clone trooper that resists, execute them immediately for treason. Oh. This is Rex, okay? This is somebody that we've, we've known for how many seasons of the Clone Wars? Now seven, okay? Mm-hmm. I know, I was trying to do math here. But this is somebody that we've all grown to really love as a character. To hear him say something like that is, again, heartbreaking. And, and just minutes after they were both like talk, telling each other how like they're best yep. friends and how much they respect each other. And then Rex is... And you know he doesn't want to, but he doesn't have any control over his actions. Right. He's like ordering the soldiers to to fan out, search the ship, find her, and and kill her. And we yeah. knew it was going to happen, you know, or we knew that the clones were going to go after her. But but seeing Rex go after her, I didn't think we'd yeah. actually see Rex go after her. You know, I thought it was going to be like we talked about. Like, is it going to be a, a, a loophole where you know, oh, Ahsoka's not technically a Jedi anymore, so. Yeah, they I think can, I brought that one up last episode, didn't I? Yeah, so maybe she can. Yeah. They can kind of get around the programming and be like, "Oh, well, the rule of the law says you need to kill Jedi. She's not a Jedi, so we're fine." But it wasn't just nope. that. <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was even Rex telling the shock troopers to go to the detention center and off mall. <laughs> yeah, Order sixty six so, is apparently quite broad, and it's yeah, it's uh, very broad. <laughs> It makes you wonder what that program is, but it, I'm very glad that we don't have exact knowledge of that. I'm glad they kept it a mystery. It's way more, uh, I guess, as Maul said, brilliant when you yeah. think about Palpatine doing it mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. And it hurts a lot, not just to see, but to think about knowing that these th- these clones and their generals have been through so much and mm-hmm. these clones don't want to do this. Right, they're being forced to. It's just, it is as Ball said, brilliant. I mean, yeah. evil as all heck, but brilliant and yeah. I want mean, to. I, I, I want to. Okay, go ahead, William, because I, I, I want to get to the next. No, point. I was gonna say it's like it's 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 almost the the whole the whole sequence, especially like yeah. In Revenge of the Sith, it, it, it's it's a very emotional scene still, but I think with the Clone Wars, we've gotten to know the the clones themselves. They're not the, this, these yep. faceless soldiers. We know them as people. And I think that's what makes it all the more heartbreaking. And we see these clones, you know, it's not just Rex. Like we're talking, of course, you know, Rex is very close with Ahsoka, but all of them are. Like the clones chasing after Ahsoka have Ahsoka's face painted face on, on their, their helmets. helmets. Face like, on the helmets. <laughs> that's so horrible. Because they, lo- they loved her so much and were so excited to see her come back that they painted her face on their helmets and just days later, they go out and try to assassinate her. It's almost like biblical, like just coming off of Easter. Like it's almost biblical in the in in the in the way it, it, it plays out because it's uh-huh. you know one minute they're they're praising her and the next minute they're trying to kill her. Well, Palpatine um, took what they had, loyalty, right. yeah, and switched it right out. It's 
disgusting and disturbing and brilliant. And yeah. it's yeah. 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 It's just so it's, heartbreaking. It's incredible. It really is. But, but mall Tom, you, you want to talk about mall. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> I, I, I want to, I want to get to the mall part because, okay, this, I'm going to say this. Um, this episode made, made me like him a lot. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to say it because first off when the two shock troopers, why do you only send two shock troopers to go get rid of a Sith? Well, he's not, well, a Sith. He, he's, completely restrained there's he's completely he's not... restrained to be fair but to be fair it, maul didn't actually do anything like no if, he didn't if there no. wasn't a, a ahsoka on the loose <laughs> they, the troopers would have done their job oh they probably would have done their job in a heartbeat but it's it's funny that you only send two shock troopers okay so ahsoka basically helps maul escape all right i just love how she basically first accuses him is this your doing? And then that's where he goes, no. And then Stephen, as you brought up, where he finally figured out the plan and how brilliant it was because Sidious, ne- Sidious never said anything. He never said anything to even down- Count Dooku either. No, I meant Count Dooku did. He wasn't. Un- he probably was not under the impression Dooku did know. So, but just the whole the whole interaction of the two of them in that that cell, and then when she's just like, you know what, go do. I, I I'm going to use a very good old quote that is clean from Blazing Saddles to say, go do the voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> Basically, I, she, I she love it so much words. more because it's not just that. It's, you like, there's a moment where you're like, oh, Ahsoka and Maul are going to team up and Ahsoka's <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> here to like, to work with that. you. Yeah. yeah, he even thought that. I need a distraction. Right. Yeah. Maul even thought, he, start, yeah. he starts to take charge. He's like, now if you'll follow my lead, she's like, yeah, yeah. no, not happening. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, don't, don't, and then, then to even sit there and ask, can you give me a fighting chance? Can I have a weapon? And just her comeback was just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's that so good. scene really showed me that they are actually almost opposites. Because think about it this way: Maul is sensing from his side what's going on, right? Right. He's sensing that the plan that he was kind of told in broad strokes about is happening mm-hmm. and he's figuring it out as he goes. It's if it's, it's smarter mall than we've ever seen before. And it works for him kind of, but Ahsoka senses not order 66 Anakin. Mm-hmm. So they're both sensing very personal things mm-hmm. previous in their, in their lives and then going about reacting to it very differently. Ahsoka is trying to survive and then show compassion to someone she needs Yep. And Maul is just trying to survive and kill anyone. He needs to do that. Oh, Two God. very different mm. ways of reacting to the past coming back to them. Yeah. That's and how point. he took care of some of those clones, man. I'm telling you, even without a lightsaber, the shot where he's come, where he comes and he turns down that hallway, and you could just, even though these guys were in helmets, you could hear and tell the fear in them without a lightsaber. He's pulling panels off walls. He's sandwich sandwiching two of them in between, you know, two panels. He's taking a panel and using it as a Frisbee with ah, some very, very interesting uh, results. I don't um, want to hear Disney Star Wars as baby. <laughs> right. Oh, anymore. He oh like, my God. he like impaled a clone trooper. Uh, at yeah. one point, he chopped off another Turn clone's arm. <laughs> <laughs> there's just look i 
I didn't expect to see like there's the Vader hallway sequence in oh, Rogue One. This is this I never expected to see that with Maul, uh, but I like it. Okay, I'll take another I, one, I mean, please. It, Thank it's you. It's Maul how we knew him, a bright right. instrument. Yeah, yeah, it's his it's his raw power, his frosty. It's it's his terror. Like it's it's perfect. It is per- pure perfection. Actually, our our friend uh, friend of the show, Sean Keen, I was talking with him. He he dubbed this scene the Mallway scene. <laughs> oh, I totally it's, get it. And and I'll tell you honestly, it's so good. Okay, sure sure the one from Rogue uh, Rogue One with Darth Vader, that was frightening. This to me was ten times more frightening. Uh-huh. Than the, than the the Darth Vader one. Well, he doesn't, I he mean, doesn't have a lightsaber. He doesn't even care about the blasters. He's ripping out of their hands. He's like, yeah, I got the. And course. not just that. I'm good. Not just that. The one trooper who had the blaster in his hand as the blast doors was closing. Oh, uh, that uh, was just. He went there, and that was the last one. Oh. Oh God. Pretty amazing. Like I said, he didn't care how he was going to survive. He just. Yeah. He oh, he went into total survival mode in this one. Yeah. Oh. It, it it is interesting that there's uh, you know where but previously Maul was kind of the bad guy and he still is the bad guy don't get me wrong um, but in some ways now because the the clones have effectively now switched sides and they're now the Empire in some ways mm-hmm. he's he's almost almost not quite the good guy you know well he's uh, an antihero yeah he's, he's the, very he's tragic antihero. yeah yeah. He is. yeah because he's always a step behind and uh-huh. he knows. And it sucks. Yeah, and, and, and that's he, why he's so angry. And yeah, that, yeah and I was going to say that he beats himself up for it, and that's what drives his anger. He's always that one step behind. I have to wonder though. There was this. The one thing that struck me as odd was that Ahsoka was very much against hurting any of the clones. Uh, you know, every time she goes up against the clones, she does her best to. Uh, to avoid injuring them or killing them. She'll, she'll, she'll mm-hmm. throw them against a wall, knock them out, but always non-lethal because they're her friends. Right. And, you know, sh- she frees Maul as a diversion, which makes a lot of sense. Except she has she, to know he's going to kill them. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I almost feel like, is, is she just, does she just accept that? Or is she just like, well, technically I'm not killing them. So, yeah, you know, it's okay. I don't know. I mean, it's a new Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, it is. She yeah, has to survive another day too. That's true. Mm-hmm. If she does. If she wants more of her friends to have a fighting chance. Yeah. 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 Which I have <sighs> to say one thing I thought was pretty cool is her using droids to actually help her figure out what's going on. That and actually help so George Lucas, because yeah. as you mentioned, he loved the uh sunny day and avoid yeah. thing. I can it's screaming him his yeah. input in that episode. <laughs> Yeah, Which is, I, it's fine. It's it's a bit of levity for what came after a very hard to watch mm-hmm. thing. Right. Absolutely. And especially how they reacted to her. And now they're just like trying to talk to her saying, look, this is what's going on. She's like, I know, I know, I know this is what's going on, but you guys can help me. But understand this is going to be dangerous. Do you guys really want to help mm-hmm. me? Well, and it's just, it's, I really liked it. The fact that, um, R7A7 is her droid. He's been with her since the Ryloth trilogy. They've been together the whole series. And so her going to her droid, even though I would R7 is not the biggest character, uh, it's it's really nice to see her kind of reuniting and, and going to the droids for help, the only ones that mm-hmm. can help. And I guess mm-hmm. now I just thought about this. Also, now that the clones turn, she goes to droids to help. 
almost the like the separatists, like, the ones they've yeah. been fighting they droids. Can't be programmed almost. Yeah, they've been fighting droids this whole time with clones. The clones turned. She goes to droids, not the same droids, but it is very an, interesting. That is a neat little detail. Ne- didn't put that together until you just brought that up. That's very true. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see. Also, uh, we get another uh, uh, Chopper's uh, sibling, probably or uh, uncle. I don't know something. Uh, cheap CH three three P played by Dave Filoni himself. Oh, and he still had that little thingy on his head. Okay, yep. I yep. got it. Yeah, I would probably say uncle. Yeah, and I and I love Gigi's retro style. Uncle. So it's, it's cool. It's cool to see all the droids. Uh, and and you're right. It is. It is very Clone Wars and very George Lucas to have them mm-hmm. be the ones that help out. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so so R seven plugs into the central computer and pulls up the secured files on five. So she does. We actually talk about this earlier, but but Rex says find fives, but as you know, fives is dead. Uh, so you can't really find fives, and and she must know that. Um. But it was enough of a clue that she could, you know, dig up Fives' old files. And, and, and you'll, you'll remember, like, Fives, is, he was in the Orders arc in the, from the Lost Missions. Uh, I didn't realize, like, I knew it would be a nice precursor, but I didn't realize just how big of a role that arc would play uh, in this. Um, and, and it turns out that Rex had filed a grievance report with uh the Kaminoans probably or with the Republic um after after Fives died uh and Ahsoka is able to unlock it and learn more about uh about Rex's concern with the inhibitor chip so it, it, at least you know kind of brings things full circle and, and shows that Rex knew there was something wrong and it can actually help Ahsoka then figure out maybe how to how to solve this because Rex didn't get, he didn't remove his inhibitor chip previously, but he still has it in there. Um, and you know, she got all the information about like Tup's brain scan and how he had killed Tipley and all this stuff. And it was even cool to see Nala C there, uh, describing how like the Jedi and the Senate all yeah. like, accepted their explanation for everything. You know, I do. So, I do ahead. really like that detail of, um, again, just reinforcing that, the Jedi knew the chips were there. They just never knew what purpose they served. And it, again, it goes back to, again, going back to Maul, like it goes back to how smart Palpatine's plan is because this is, the Jedi literally were aware and saw reports on exactly the thing that was their downfall, but either didn't have time, overlooked it, whatever it might've been. And like, and that, that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Darth yeah. Sidious is is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and um, he's always one step ahead of everybody. Yep, he is. He is. Also, okay. Question for you guys: uh, Anakin's passcode that Ahsoka uses to unlock the re- the report from Rex was eight one zero eight. Could that be a reference to the Clone Wars movie, which came out on August fifteenth, two thousand eight? It's missing the five, but it does seem pretty, pretty close. Uh, sorry, I'm, this is a brief internet search. It came out on August tenth, two thousand eight. 
Oh, you're right. Oh. Wait, August. Oh, this is... Oh, wait, sorry. This I think is it actually... was premiere. Yeah, that might have been the premiere. Sorry, I... So I did the thing you you know you do, which is Clone Wars movie release date. Number one top response is August tenth, two thousand eight, and then in Wikipedia it says August fifteenth, two thousand eight, which is I don't know which is right. The fifteenth is definitely the, the, the official correct date. for everyone. But I think you're right. I think it may have been the maybe the premiere, the premiere or date. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, there it's you go. cool to see how close they were that she knew his password. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a- right. Okay, but that's the thing. And it, why, why was it Anakin's password that was able to unlock it? What, then did that mean Anakin? He went to Anakin, he filed the report, and it was Anakin who locked it? Remember, Anakin was there during the last mm-hmm. of that fives. Uh, that's issue. true. So. Okay. Yeah, and I, I very much took it as, uh, you know, Rex and Anakin work closely together. It would make sense for Rex to use something similar, especially if he suspected someone else would need to get access to it. He wouldn't want to use a code that was, you know, <laughs> true. I get, I, I mean, maybe Anakin was just known for having a bad password, you know, <laughs> probably started out. His passcode was zero, 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 it's zero. It's only four digits. Like, I mean, oh, come look, on. You Anakin. can't pick something a little bit better. At least zero, one, two, three. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. Oh, that one is the same one as on his luggage. That just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay. But I, uh, I love uh, how as soon as Ahsoka learns of this, she sets the trap for Rex using yeah. the droids, isolates him, closes the blast doors, and then basically makes makes a bid for her friend. Yeah. The beauty of that is that it helps Rex and the other clones because she's not going to be hurting the other clones if they're not there to hurt her. Mm-hmm. So right. it helps everyone involved. But it's also... This is years of her being on the front lines, as she mentioned before, her plans. It's really smart writing of showing how she's grown as not just a Jedi, but as just a person. Mm -hmm. She can think on her feet. She uses what she has in front of her to Mm -hmm. the greatest effect. It's just it it was really fun to see her have to do this on her own. Like I was saying before, this is her on her own, Mm -hmm. which is what the point of the other episodes were. But this is a much higher stake than just a mission gone bad. This is a galaxy gone bad. (laughs) This is is right now a fight for survival for her. Right. Yeah. And and I I do love how, you know, Rex, like she, she initially has the hologram and she's trying to talk to Rex and reason with him. And like, I know you have the chip, like this, you're, this isn't you. And he like pulls the blaster on, on R seven. And he's like, where is Ahsoka? And then she's like, I'm right here. And the camera just pans a little uh, bit to the side. She's standing behind him. Oh, it's so well done. And then when they get zapped, it's very funny. She's like, I didn't want to kill him. Just not. It's like, I just, just, you know, zap him. Right. She didn't kill him, but but it was funny because it was just like, don't hurt him. That's right, don't hurt him. That's right. Ugh, it's just, just just zap him a little bit to knock him out. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just so good. Uh, yeah, I, it's just it's a great it's a small twist, but it's just it's a great one. <laughs> so when they get into the med bay, I'm going to jump this far ahead because I'm going to ask you guys as they're trying to find the inhibitor chip. What do you guys think of the actual reference? To Rogue One. The I'm one with the force, the force yep. is with me. Yeah. 
Those things, I, I like it. It's one of those nice little touches where, you know, obviously just by virtue of what came first, they weren't able to have uh, not, I wouldn't call it a classic line, but like some of those kind of more dogmatic lines because it just wasn't something we saw previously. It's a nice way of working it in previously mm-hmm. into, I, you know, earlier content. I think right. Obi-Wan also says it in, um, is it Master and Apprentice? It's, it's a known mm-hmm. phrase yeah. that obviously comes and helps. So I think it was well used in this situation. It, it was cool. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure of the science behind how it how it helped them detect it, but either way, it was it was cool, uh, and I liked how we got that Rogue One reference, another Rogue One reference. Never alone, really. I think the point was to show that it puts a not a trance, but like at ease, because you know we previously seen it in Rogue One where he was at peace with going to his death and mm-hmm. he said it to calm himself and to calm others so I, I think that was the point of it but it mm-hmm. was kind of like a not a jump but it was interesting to see how that was used in conjunction with something scientific in terms of the chip yeah yeah yeah, really, yeah i really. like how they were able to work it in it didn't bother me at all it was just like oh that was really cool because to me that made sense mm-hmm. and the whole scene was just so tense too because the clones yeah. are on the other side of the door breaking in and Ahsoka's trying her best to to remove the chip so she can get Rex into a better state of mind, really. Um, and, you know, like the, the 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 door is like being broken down. They're running out of time. She she puts him into the machine, which looks like a, a like an MRI machine. MRI machine. <laughs> and yeah, but it works. It, it did. But we didn't like the way they shot it, though, was so well done. Because Rex, like, he starts to raise his blasters. You don't actually know if the if the process is complete, the procedure is complete, and you know, like, the door opens and the clones are streaming, trying to stream in, and Ahsoka's holding them off, trying not to kill them. And Rex raises his blaster, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, is he gonna shoot Ahsoka? Oh my gosh!" And then he shoots his own clones instead, and it's like, oh, which is its yeah. own kind of heartbreak too, right? Yeah. He's shooting his brothers. He had to make a choice yeah. between Ahsoka and his brothers. That's like an impossible choice. It's an impossible choice, but at this point, now that he's got the inhibitor chip out of his head, he can actually start making the decisions on his own. And I know it hurts, but when Ahsoka sat there and asked him, Rex, do you know how how widespread this is? Mm-hmm. He's like, it's the whole grand army of the Republic. Mm-hmm. And that's when he flat out just tells her, it's all of us. Now, we all know they're not going to remove the chips from every single clone. But, it's you know, at this point, the two of them are now in a fight for survival along with those droids. I mean, you got to look at it that way. It's heartbreaking because, you know, yeah. like even now that Rex is, is, is on Ahsoka's side and they do get the door closed just in time. It, you know, he's there's still what got a whole ship worth of clones right outside the door. How what are they going to do? Ticked off Maul. Yeah. What are they going to do? How are they going to escape? Maul's on the loose. The whole clone, the whole Star Destroyer's out to, to kill them. I don't know. Tune in tonight at midnight. Yeah. And the episode ends. Yeah. On one heck of a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's brutal. Uh, what do you guys think? Speculation for how this will end? 
I mean, I assume they get off the ship. Seems reasonable. I'd put money on Rex and Ahsoka surviving. Seems likely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, I'm I've got nothing. So we we only know like broad strokes because of the Ahsoka novel. Yep. What they Rex and Ahsoka end up doing together. Mm-hmm. We don't know any of the context behind it because it's not it's not mentioned in the novel. It's just mentioned what what happens in between her in the novel and I think the Siege of Mandalore stuff isn't even like it doesn't map like a hundred percent either, so it's hard mm-hmm. to tell if it was like a legend within a canon or what it is with that. But what we know mm. from the Ahsoka novel is that obviously we all know they both uh, get out of it, but Ahsoka and Rex have to do something to make the Empire not want them anymore, yeah. mm-hmm. and. You're going to want people with who were, you know, part of the Republic and part of the light and part of the Jedi and who were wielding lightsabers. So I'm going to assume, and I know for a fact, they get rid of evidence like that. But mm-hmm. I have no clue where, why, how. Yeah. Um, I just know that it does eventually come back up um, because of the Ahsoka novel. It comes back up for Ahsoka, but that's about it. So that's another beautiful thing. We don't know everything yeah yeah and it's hard to tell which would have been harder to take um rebels first like we have it and then this or (laughs) this and then have to wait for rebels but we still don't have it all so it's kind of it's 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 fun to wait it's yeah it'll be it's gonna happen in a way that we have dave's gonna think of something that it just it makes a lot of sense and you're gonna say well, I should have thought of that, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just finished the Ahsoka novel eh, last week, and the only thing that was mentioned in there is the lightsabers were buried. Her lightsabers were buried along with Rex's helmet, yep. or to make it look like, or to basically make them found, so they look like they're dead. Yeah, I yeah. think the the idea was that they killed each other. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, but it it was purposely they were put together to be found. So if we get a retcon of that, if we actually see that, we won't know until the episode airs after what we're just talking about. But either way, it's, it's going to be one heck of an ending. Uh, It'd be very interesting to see, like, do we see Wolf and Gregor? Cause we know they also remove their, their chips um, and, and team up with, uh, uh, with, with Rex on, um, uh, on uh, uh, Sola? No, shoot! Now, now I'm blanking on the on the name of the planet. I'm totally blanking on it too. Sorry, I'm not gonna remember it. Celos, Celos, got it. Yeah, Celos. It's on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Like, will we see them? What? How much? How much of the series will they wrap up? in the next episode, they have one episode left, you know, who will we see again? Are they going to, you know, obviously Ahsoka and Rex are the main characters, but what else will they show us? Or, or is it just focus on this? I guess we'll, we'll find out. It's just, uh, as we're recording this a little over three and a half hours away from, uh, from premiering. So ratings. Oh, 
yeah, let's let's do it. Oh, oh, uh, one one thing to call out. It turns out we were wrong uh, in our last episode. It happens occasionally. Um, actually, more than occasionally. Um, <clears throat> we we mentioned a theory about how Ahsoka's like the Palpatine and uh, and Mace uh, and, and Maul screams like line up, and then if you play them side by side, like Anakin's lightsaber, Anakin falls to the dark side at the same time Ahsoka's lightsabers fall. Yeah, that was all crap. None of that was true. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly, based on this episode, the timing doesn't work out at all. Uh, I'm sure yes. the, the scream was very similar. Go, it and it's, wrong. Yeah, it's it's nice how the screams are very similar, um, but that's about it. None of the timing works <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> that happens that sometimes. <laughs> and we also figured out how Ahsoka got her lightsabers back. Bo-Katan actually handed them to her. Oh, did she? So it was on Mandalore. Yes, she did. Okay, I was, I was Bo-Katan wondering Bo-Katan handed that. them to her, I think, as they were pulling... Um, how did I miss yeah, that on like three viewings? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Good call out. I yep. was wondering how she got them back. Yep. Bo-Katan. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. There you go. So, but, uh, yeah. Let's let's do the let's 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 get to our ratings. I think we let Andrew go. Want me to go first? Okay. Yes. You go first. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it a nine point five out of ten. Want brats if we're still using that uh oh yes we are we are we stopped good good and i will add that the lighting and music made this episode besides you know the acting but the if we're if if we're doing what george wants and we look at these uh episodes and every visual star wars as like a movie without dialogue for the most part that leaves music and the animation in this case as telling the story. And it truly does in these mm-hmm. episodes, uh, in this episode uh, in particular. And the idea that you can watch this as a fan of the series, as a fan of the Skywalker saga, and just have it so complete makes it very beautiful for me to, sh- to show the tragedy that is, Darth Maul, the tragedy that is Order 66, and have have it be so fresh for something we've known since 2005 is crazy to me, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I give it 9.5 uh, out of 10. Okay. And what would you like to do to your Womp Rats? I am going to give them as a gift to Mace Windu so he has <laughs> someone show him <laughs> compassion, because maybe then he'll have some. <laughs> I take it that's before the fall. Yes. Okay. Or maybe as like a cushion. As a <laughs> I like the cushion aspect. Oh boy, that's great. Oh. That's great, Stephen. Um, I don't know if I can be as for Bose as Andrew, but um, I I have to give it a ten. Like this is this is perfect Clone Wars. This is perfect Star Wars. It is everything that, I mean, everything and more that we hoped that this arc would be. Um, And we're not even done with it yet. But just even, like, we've been anticipating Order 66 since this show started in 2008. Yep. it has always been the, the, I was going to say the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's a very dark light. Um, (laughs) Yeah. This has always been what we were working towards 
it was always going to be the thing that was most painful about like the more we get to know these characters, the more it's going to hurt when we know this is the end result. And they did it perfectly, like literally could not have done a better job here. Like it's just a fantastic episode. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a perfect 10 out of 10 Womp Rats. Um, and you know, look, Palpatine truly is brilliant. Um, the clone army as a method for offing the Jedi, no one saw it coming. But even Palpatine knows that sometimes the best laid plans may fail. And there are 10 Womp Rats, you know, mindless beasts that have been spreading throughout the galaxy. And you would never think that maybe those Womp Rats could be harmful. But that's, uh, that's where Palpatine comes into play. Those Womp Rats <laughs> have chips in them, and there are 10 of them aboard the same ship right now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> nice. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Crazy. <sighs> you want to go next, William? Sure. Go, so, go William. You know... <clears throat> Um, actually, and quick, quick side note also, before I do my, my rating, uh, I did double check the, the premiere of the film was indeed on August, uh, 10th, uh, 2008 at, at the, at Grauman's Egyptian theater. So, uh, that clearly is what they were referencing, uh, eight, eight, one, zero, eight or eight, August 10th, 2008. Um, good, good call out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think man, this episode I think every episode in this arc has been different. The first episode was, uh, was really about like kind of giving one last hurrah for Anakin and Obi-Wan and beginning the siege of Mandalore. And it was chilling when we heard like the, the, uh, the alarm start to blare and Obi-Wan's like, we're heading to, to, to Coruscant, you know, not Mandalore and, and seeing that Ahsoka reunited with them was just perfect. The second part was the siege of Mandalore itself, the epic battle between Ahsoka and Maul. This one was more of a, a an incredible, incredible duel. Uh, and then this one, you know, whereas the last two episodes were pretty action packed, this one has a lot of action. Don't get me wrong, but it, like the first half is very much like slower paced, taking your time, really like letting the like that pit in your stomach just kind of uh, grow because we know what's going to happen. And ultimately, like this episode. I think was one of the most intense, especially the second half, one of the most heartbreaking and thrilling episodes of the entire series. And like the intensity was just nonstop from the beginning of the, the tension at the beginning to just the, the action and the, the, the suspense later on. And there was a lot of things we never thought we'd see. Like I never thought a Reckless would actually go after Ahsoka after rebels. And so, so many different surprises Revenge of the Sith, I have to say, is one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars, just because uh, Order sixty six and Revenge of the Sith, just because of how well done it is and how sad it is. Like it, it's it's definitely that moment where like you know all the the the, the clones, these f- the friends of the Jedi, turn on them, and it's heartbreaking. And and this lives up to that in a in it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. I can't wait to see how the series ends. We have one more episode, but man, this was just it delivered on every single level this arc has been the best and i can't wait to see how how it all ends tomorrow on may the 4th so with that i'm gonna give it 10 womp rats out of 10 and you guys were asking why did they only send two shock troopers 
after Maul. Well, <laughs> you know, you only saw from like the clones, you know, waist up. There were actually mm-hmm. ten womp rats spread around them, um, to to just in case Maul tries to escape. Plan Holding mini blasters. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. Okay, so I am giving this episode a ten. Um, there's really not much more I can say about this episode that the three of you have beautifully summarized. Um, it's going to be heartbreaking to watch the last episode tomorrow, but it is, um, it's going to be over and it's going out with a bang. So my 10 womp rats, you see, I can't go to 11 anymore. Uh, I got a phone call from the womp rat union. It seemed that when I did 11 last week, the 11th one happened to be the union representative by accident. So their lawyer, Tommy, actually uh, got a hold of me and made me an offer that I could not refuse and explained to me that uh, I can never do that again. So I can only do 10 Womp Rats. Um, So my 10 Womp Rats uh, actually were um, part of the um, Darth Maul uh, escape plan. So not only was he sitting there throwing panels and taking out some uh, troopers, but the Womp Rats were running basically ahead of him, tripping them or making it a little bit easier for him to um, take care of those troopers. So there you go. I choose to believe, Tom, that <laughs> uh, like when Maul's throwing the panels around, in many cases, they're actually Womp Rats surfing on the panels. I like that. And, you know, it's just it's all part of the strategy. Totally get it. That is I get it. Yep. Listen, all more effective than any stormtrooper would have been. That's Absolutely. Because they can actually guide it to their target. You know, you're right. That is kind of the sad thing. Like, these clones were such good shots. And then the Empire, and then the, the, the they just become stormtroopers, and they just forget yeah. how to fire. They can't, they can't do anything. Hey, brainwashing has a lot of negative side effects. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes you so wash the aim. things you don't want to forget, like how yeah. to aim. Oh boy! Yeah. Well, this has been an incredible, incredible episode. This is great uh, having and, you on, Andrew. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys, and I h- truly hope that with the next episode, you guys get everything you've been working towards, and I, I think you will, and it it'll be one for the history books, and we're going to be watching history unfold, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. It is, and we want to thank you for actually for for really kicking off this entire podcast 12 mm-hmm. years ago uh, and and getting it off the ground and, and bringing us on to, to continue it. Cause uh, it's been, it's been in so much fun and obviously it's not over. Like the, the podcast will continue, uh, yep. but the clone wars that started all is, is coming to an end. And it was, it was special then and it will continue to be special. And I think we knew that, which is why we started the show. It was, yeah. it was something new. It was something fresh. And now there's a whole generation behind it. So mm-hmm. it'll always be there. It will. Yeah. That's the coolest thing about it. Yeah. Well, uh, again, we want to appreciate, thank, we appreciate you joining us and want to thank you. Do you want to tell people where they can, uh, find more of you? If they're, uh, uh basically just Twitter. A loopy fifteen, and uh, it's a lot of Star Wars hot takes, bad ones, and terrible <laughs> great <jokes>. ones. <laughs> there, you're, it's always you're, you're always a good follow. You're a fun. You, you post a lot of fun Star Wars stuff, so I, we always Thanks. always appreciate reading it. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Oh man, coming up 
in just a couple days. We're going to have a little earlier episode this week. Uh, should be available Thursday night. Our review, uh, but our review of the Clone Wars season seven, episode twelve, the series finale, victory and death. And this episode, Ahsoka and Rex must use their wit and skills to survive the turbulent end of the Clone Wars. Oh, it's hard to believe the show is coming. Hard to believe out. because we actually we actually will now get an official end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> it's been an incredible twelve year run. And even with a even with a six year break, you know, it's it's been this this is the ending the show deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm very happy they were able to do that. Yeah. And I, I do hope they stick the landing, but I'm sure they will. Oh, geez. <laughs> After these past three episodes, I have a feeling that the landing's <laughs> been stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thanks again, Andrew. We always uh, love you, having you on. And uh, Thank you, guys. And we'll be back in just a couple days with our review of the series finale of The Clone Wars. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.